0: Uh, so I think God's speaking to us that and obviously in the, in the background to all of that, we've got a massive uh, building project, a massive building project that is a bit beyond what humanly we could do, which is great because it makes us trust God. So there's the process which often I just want to get done, I don't know about you, I don't know. that's how I am with most processes because I'm an impatient man, but uh, I just want to get things done. Uh, but God actually changes us in the process. And that's partly the point, uh, that we learn to trust him uh, each step of the way. So I just want to talk about faith. So it's all based on Hebrews 11, and we'll, we'll, uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a brain teaser at the beginning. Because by faith, all the people that we've looked at in this chapter, they all did different things, which is instructive in itself. I don't know what you think of when you think of a person of faith, but it's usually someone other than you, isn't it? You, sort of, you think of some person on a big platform or someone on the other side of the room or someone that doesn't have the struggles that you have, basically. But uh, I think one of the things God's been saying to us is actually we're to see ourselves as people of faith, men and women of faith, and uh, rather than other people in that way. And all of these people did different things, just like all of us have got our own walk, our own pilgrimage, our own um, obstructions and jumps on the course of faith. Uh, so they all did different things. For example, one of them just made an offering. Who was that? quiz uh, time, folks. Sorry? No, in Hebrews 11. Oh, she did make an offering, though. You are right. You're right. It's a bad question. In Hebrews 11, one of the heroes there just made an offering. It was Abel. Exactly. Abel just made an offering. In fact, he made this one worship offering with a good heart and then got killed. So that wasn't a great long walk of faith, it was a pretty short walk of life. You might think, that. Well, I, that, what was that about? He didn't do much, he didn't, have, didn't live out the rest of his life, he made a great offering to God. God was delighted with it because his heart was in a good place and then his brother killed him and yet he's in this list of heroes of faith. As God looks at contributions in a different way to which we look at them doesn't he? He looks at the heart. He doesn't look at the, uh, the profile, the success. I'm not even sure he looks at the numbers very much, which would be a disappointment to many church leaders, but he doesn't. He, he looks at the heart, and he looked at this man's offering. I just give it all to you, Lord. I bring you this offering, and it pleased God. Someone else believed that they wouldn't die. That's a pretty big one in comparison to the offering. So, Who was that? Any, anyone? Any offerings? Enoch. Enoch. God spoke to him and said, "You won't die." That is a mass. Enoch was a massive man of faith. In fact, in the book of Jude, it says Enoch actually prophesied. I'm told that Enoch lived around Bronze Age sort of time. Well, no idea when that was, but anyway, it's a long time ago. He prophesied about the second coming of Jesus. That's pretty massive. (laughs) I mean, I can't get my head around that. That's amazing faith. Isn't it? so he, he believed when God said to him, you won't die. He believed it. And he walked with God and he walked with God. And then one day they said, where's Enoch? I said, well, Enoch was not. He's just gone. He's just sort of beamed up. He's just gone. That's an amazing man of faith. But it's different. to the, Who built a giant boat? Very good. Three points. Top of the class. He, he's the only, uh, uh, and alongside building a giant boat, which, by the way, was not normal then. No one had seen Titanic, not, the movie had not been made, the boat had not been... Nobody had seen all that, so he's, he's living somewhere. In fact, it, it intimates, the Bible intimates that they're not re- even seen. heavy rain. It seemed like dews came down and watered the earth. So, so they're, they're looking at something incomprehensible. He's building this giant boat, and, and he preached. The other thing he did is he preached righteousness, and nobody took any notice which I think must have taken as much faith as building the boat, to go on preaching with everybody ignoring him. The only people that got in eventually were his reluctant family. But he preached, even though everyone was ignoring him. Who set out with no map? Abraham. Abraham. Go to a country. I'll show you the way. Oh, okay. Where am I going? Well, just keep going. I'll show you. That's amazing. No tom-tom. I can't can't go anywhere without a tom-tom, personally but they'd not been invented either. He just set out trusting God because what matters sometimes in life is not knowing exactly where you're going, but knowing who you're going with. That's true, isn't it? That's a good point, Richard. Well done. Preaching to myself. That is, sometimes in life, the important thing is not knowing exactly what's happening, but knowing who is happening with, who is with you as you go through this. And that that was Abraham. Abraham also believed for a child, didn't he? When he was ninety-nine, and his wife was looking a bit peaky, no, 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 nothing's happening. Nothing's going to happen. This is impossible. But he trusted God for for a child. Like, that's amazing. And then, do you remember the next bit? When God said to him, it, it almost seems like God's rubbing it in, in 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 where He says, "Take your son, your only son, the one you really love, and sacrifice him." Isn't he? extraordinary thing so some of us have times in life where god actually tells us to put something down that we love or at least to be willing to because actually god hated child sacrifice it was a test of his heart because abraham was being tested on not just will you put down this beloved child but this beloved child was the one that represented the promises of god it was, it was like, but, but Lord, you said that through this trial, but, oh, but are you willing to put all that down? Are you willing to love me, as God was saying, more than the promises I've made you? That's a big one, isn't it? Because we get all caught up in the excitement of things He's doing, but will you love me more even than the promises that I've made you? So, who, who gave a blessing leaning on a walking stick? Ooh, a bit more tricky. Isaac Jacob top of the class well done <laughs> Jacob Jacob partly because he was now elderly and partly because he wrestled with God anyone wrestled with God he really he really wrestled with God and he got his hip injured so he, so he he was all he walked cropped up out of an encounter with God it had changed him dramatically he walked walked with a limp quite good to, to it's got, i like dealing with people where god has touched so deeply that you can see the evidence of it they, they walk with a humble limp it's quite a good thing but, but he, he he gave a blessing he actually crossed over hands and blessed someone that the world thought was wrong he blessed what god was doing as he was dying who, who put a kid in a basket with tear-stained eyes Miriam and Mr. and Mrs. Moses, whose name we always forget, because that's how high profile they are. That's just the whole point. They're in the book. Nobody even remembers their, Jochebed and somebody, I think. Nobody remembers their names, but God knows your name. You might be a nobody, but actually there's no nobodies in the kingdom of God. We're all somebodies, aren't we? In God. And and their moment of faith, and I, I find this so powerful, their moment of faith didn't feel that great. Only God knows what your biggest moment of faith is. Your biggest moment of faith might be in a funeral parlour. The biggest moment of faith might be as you as you put a baby in, in a in a basket covered with tar, not knowing if he'll live or he'll die, but you're trusting God. We don't know, do we? I, I you know, it, it, we'd all like our big moment of faith to be when we're in the chip shop queue and the whole queue says, "What must I do to be saved?" Am I the only one who has that dream? I do. And I'm not even an evangelist, but I have that dream periodically. So I think it might, I'm think not sure it's a God dream, but it might be, who knows. But actually, my biggest moment of faith might not be that. My biggest moment of faith might be when I'm crying my eyes out and trusting him for something. And, and that might be yours too, just like it was for Mr. and Mrs. Moses. That's not their name. What about going through the Red Sea? remember that one? Just holding, holding, holding a walking stick up Sometimes you have to trust God for things that, it sounds funny, but you can't do everything yourself. God will allow us to be in situations where unless he does something, it's not working. There are some things you shift for yourselves on, aren't there? And there are some things that unless God does something, it's just not going to work. Imagine just all night holding up a walking stick. I mean, that's a bit pathetic really, isn't it? <laughs> God's either going to do something or you're going to have a very stiff arm in the morning. Or both. But but the sea parts and whole people go through. That's an amazing hymn, isn't it? And what about the who walked around the wall for seven days? Joshua and the whole people of God, and he bans them from saying anything for seven days because they've come up with alternative strategies every day. Oh, I think we should call in the SAS. What are we walking around here for? I think we should undermine the walls. I think we should build a fire. Who's got those flaming arrows? There'd be tons of ideas, and they'd probably all end up arguing. So Joshua says silence for seven days, which the people of God are not moaning for whole seven days. It's a miracle in itself, probably. So and they're going round and round, and the walls fall flat. They're the only people that did that. I mean, we could do it in, if God told us to. We'd do it in Worcester, but um, it's, it's not a strategy, is it? it, it It's hearing God and obeying Him. They're the only ones that did that. Who gave hospitality to spies? Rahab, Rahab, who's a prostitute. Amazing. She just she hears the story. She just that's all she doesn't have a lot of information. She hears the story about the children of Israel going through the Red Sea, and she says she's a complete pagan, and she hears the story and she says, their God must be God. God's going to give up. So she doesn't have a lot. doesn't matter if you don't understand lots of things about Jesus. You just, wow, he's God. That's that's what she, that the moment she had. She had a faith moment. And so then these spies turn up and she hides them on the roof. She protects them. And she's in the list. A, la- a lady of some sort of shady background, really. doesn't matter. It's all forgiven. It's all cleansed. There's nothing God can't clean up can give all our messages to him and she's there in this list of heroines and heroes of faith it's amazing there's guys there's guys like um, Deborah challenged a guy called Bayrak we haven't, haven't done that story yet she challenged him to be to lead and he didn't even want to that's what great man of faith he was he was <laughs> he didn't want to and she's the prophetess she's saying come on lead man will you and, and he sort of. but even that faith which is pretty reluctant and hesitant and a bit n- not too manly, as some of us men sometimes feel, not too manly, even that faith God honours. And he says, well, I'm going to record that in the book. Although it was mostly Deborah's faith, to be honest. But in, in Hebrews, it's recorded as as Barak. So he's even prepared to, to honour reluctant, hesitant, weak faith. It's amazing. I wonder if there's something that God's calling you to be in faith for. I mean, we trust him with everything. But I think there'll be things, different things for different ones of us because we've all got, the main point is we've all got different challenges. We've all got different things where we just have to trust God. Uh, um, Terry Virgo, who years ago started our little family of churches, he said this to me once, I always try to have something I can't do and I can't manage so that I'm made to trust God. I thought it was just great. A bit scary, but great. (laughs) I always try to have something I can't do and can't manage so that I'm trusting God. So by faith, they all did different things. And faith is a big deal to God. Hebrews 11 verse 6, we looked at that right at the beginning. Whoever comes to God must believe that he is and he rewards those who diligently seek him. It's not just about, I believe there's a God somewhere. It's not existence, it's imminence. That's a theological term. It means he's close. It's not not just, I believe there's a God somewhere, it's I believe there's a God in my situation. He is. He is present. He's here. It's all going wrong, but he is. And I'm gonna trust him. Faith is a big deal to God. Faith pleases him. To the extent it says without faith, it's impossible to please him. It's not a little bit tricky. To please him without faith? No, it's trust that pleases him. And one of the wonderful things about that is, is no matter what age we are, we can show faith. You know, so if you're really young and you think, "Well, but I can't bash down any walls yet, and I can't do this," doesn't matter because you can trust God. You can trust God with your difficult French lesson, or whatever. Do your best and leave the rest. I never wear a string vest, we say in our family. But anyway, that's, <laughs> that's our family motto. You can, you, so if you're very young, you, there's still things to trust God for. Um, what, if, I, if, I, if I speak out and say I love Jesus, I'll get teased. Well, trust God with that. But on the other end of the age scale, when, when you get older and your life constricts a little bit and you can't get out so much and you haven't got quite the same amount of energy, there's still things you can be in faith for. You can still please God as much as when you were young or when, the, when you were 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, more if you're spared. You can still have things that you're in faith for. How do you show it? Well, you come to God and you diligently seek him. My mum my and dad were crippled, both of them, in different ways for the last umpteen years of their life. And yet their world expanded. It shrunk to a room but expanded to other nations as they became prayers. And prayed for us, and prayed for their grandchildren, and prayed for different countries, and prayed for missionaries. So, so whatever age you are, because faith pleases him, you can please him. It's exciting, isn't it? That we can be a people that actually please God. Often we substitute activity. It's, it's not Activity's great if it's the activity that God wants us to do, trusting him. But not just mere activity. It's just, you know, I'm in a panic, I just get busy. no. Don't just get busy. Do the things that God wants you to do at any stage. Faith was a big issue for Jesus. Jimbo, you he, got, he sometimes got frustrated and said, oh, you guys have little faith. On the other hand, sometimes he encouraged them and said, even if you have got a little faith, even a mustard seed size bit of faith, use it. Use the little faith you have. It's like a muscle. Use, use the faith you've got. Great things can grow from it. Remember how pleased he was when the, when the pagan centurion said, you don't need to come to my house to, please my, to heal my servant. You could just say the word and it would happen. And Jesus was astonished and delighted because that guy trusted him. He believed him. So faith, by faith we all do different things, but faith is a big deal to God. And, and here's another lovely thing about this list. I've said it before, but God is pleased with our faith. He's so pleased with our faith that he overlooks our faults and weaknesses. I'm relieved. (laughs) So, so when we talked about Abraham, do you remember? The Bible says, Abraham didn't waver through unbelief. That's what it says in, in the New Testament. Abraham didn't waver. But you look at his life and you think, didn't waver? Didn't waver my foot. He He lied twice. He lied. He said his wife was his sister because he was scared of the king. Twice he did that. And for goodness' sake, he had a child by his maidservant because he didn't trust God that God would keep His promise. That's a pretty big wobble, if you ask me. But but God looks at it and says, "Wow, look at Abraham. He doesn't waver through unbelief." That's that's the effect of grace, isn't it? (laughs) That God is prepared to overlook and oversee and forgive all our shortcomings and say, "Wow, look look at that faith." Isn't he magnificent? And you say, is he? Is he really? Yeah, he's trusting me. He's trusting me. The blips, the ups and downs we have. God looks on and says, yeah, but they're a person of faith. And God loves faith. What about Jacob? He was a total manipulator. I know he had a great desire for God, but he was a cheat. He nicked his brother's blessing. Twice. Twice. He, cheat, he, cheat, he was a terrible cheat. He only stopped cheating when he found an encore who was a, a bigger cheat than he was. That's true. You read this story. Ja, Jacob is not particularly likable through most of the story, but, but he did have a big desire for God. I'll give him that. And God looked at, at, at Jacob and says, I'm pleased with his faith. Or Moses. What about Moses? He had a terrible temper. If you read it in the end he didn't get into the promised land because of his terrible temper he had an awful temper and yet he was a man who, who loved god god used to speak to him face to face despite the fact he had an awful temper god god spoke with him he's a man after god's heart god overlooks our faults and our weaknesses and loves our faith what about samson he's in the list man samson what a character i do like samson but i'm not sure whether i should He's, he's <laughs> I'm never sure if Samson is a good bad man or a bad good man. If anybody can sort that puzzle out for me, you can let me know. I'm really not sure because he's got terrible weaknesses, isn't he? He likes to drink a bit too much. He, he likes He's a sort of cigarettes and whiskey and wild, wild women man. He, he is. He's like, like George Best. He, he's a terrible hes a terrible guy and yet he trusts God. He knows the spirit of God and he he believes God at points. And God says, look, look what he did. By faith, look what he did. Actually, he'd messed up his whole life and then cried out to God right at the end and said, God, remember me one last time. And he killed more the day he died than he did any other day of, of God's enemies. It's an extraordinary story, isn't it? God overlooks our faults and weaknesses. He pours grace all over our mistakes. And so we're building families and a church, not of perfection, because we, we won't get that on this earth, but of faith. Amen? So let's be like these guys. Let's, faith comes from hearing something from the Father, doesn't it? Something. Build a boat. Walk around the wall. Be quiet. <laughs> have a baby. Don't have a baby. Be prepared to sacrifice your baby. All sorts of different things. Go fight a war. Go chop a pagan altar down. All sorts of funny things they were told to do. But they have to step out in what God's told them to do. No smooth triumphs, lots of setbacks, lots of discouragements. They're battling unbelief, but your faith is pure gold. It says in 1 Peter 1 verse 6 and 7 that your faith is of greater worth than gold. That's how God looks and values you and your faith. So we get the invite to join them we've told that so many times you know they've done their circuit <laughs> they've done their laps now they're in the now they're in the side of the stadium they're, they're part of the great crowd of witnesses i don't know if they're all you know all attending to hope church this morning looking down cheering i'm not quite sure but that's the picture he paints here that we've got a walk of faith these guys have done it already they inspire us but we've got our own baton to carry. So I know we get we're we'll soon be in summer holiday season, term will end. Uh, we're going to have a different sort of fun Sundays because the talks will be a bit shorter. Children will be here and there's good good family stuff. Usually there's a lot of us away different weeks, but I don't want us to forget uh, this chapter or what God's trying to build in us. Is that okay? Let's be people who trust Him, shall we? And we've heard this morning of you know, dear Josie. She may have finished her laps. She may not have. But there's another baton for us to take up. And one day, you know, the one sure thing in, in life is death and taxes. I'm told, <laughs> two unavoidables. And you know, there there are worse things to do than die. And it's interesting here. Some escaped death by faith, but others, it says, these all were living by faith when they died. In other words, they were trusting God, trusting God, trusting God, and then they handed the baton over. And one day we will. So let's keep hold of the baton while we're alive. Let's keep trusting God to the end. Lots of people fade out. Have you noticed that? Lots of people fade out with their faith. Let's keep going to the end. Let's be men and women of faith. And then hand over the baton to our children or to others who follow us uh, in the battle of faith. and, And they'll say, hey, well done. God will say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's hand the baton on well. Amen? Let me pray for us, the children of will be coming back soon. Father, so much news, so much that's gone on in the last week. Some of it seems great stuff. Some of it is just horrible. Lord, whatever befalls us, whether good or bad, thank you that you never leave us. Thank you that you never forsake us. Thank you, Jesus. You are a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Holy Spirit, thank you that you live within us. That on Monday, when we're in the office, when we're back at school, when we face this challenge or that challenge, we can continue to trust you. Help us to have obedient hearts, Lord. Help us to have things that we can't quite do, but we can do with you. We ask you, Lord, that you keep us on the front foot in the summer season where it's easy just to forget you and just go on a holiday from you. Thank you for holidays. Thank you for breaks that some of us will have. But we don't want to forget you. We want to be hearing you. We want to be believing you, trusting you for the future. So direct our steps, Lord. We trust you to guide us through this life. We thank you that we can uh, often have those times, as we did this morning, as Dave prophesied, where the approval of God comes, where we, where we just hear and feel you saying to us, well done. Well done, this is my beloved son. Well done, and you are well pleased. thank you that the ultimate of that is when we're with you forever and ever. Thank you, Lord, that when our end comes, the next thing we'll see is your wonderful face. We want to see you beaming, Lord. We want to hear you say, well done. So we pray that by your grace and through the strengthening of your Holy Spirit and your words, we would live every day of our life trusting in you. Amen.